0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, it's Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast. This will be episode number 37. This will be School school Shootings Part 2. You know, I've noticed after reviewing uh, additional information concerning our uh, initial uh, episode on school shootings, a point that I, I failed to mention and I, and I think it's time that I mention it now because um, it just seems that the that the world out there just does not have any concept of the dynamics of school shootings. It really doesn't. Um, <clears throat> you know, and I hate to burst bubbles, but the fact is, you go online and everybody's trying to prevent school shootings tougher gun laws are going to do this, tougher gun laws are going to do that. Tougher gun laws, quite honestly, I'm going to tell you, they don't do shit. Okay? They're not worth anything. Criminals don't legally purchase guns. Criminals have already made a plan. Criminals are premeditated. So... All of your gun talk and your anti-gun talk is spit in the wind. I don't know you don't want to hear it, but you know what? You're gonna hear it. Okay? What you fail to understand is that over the past ten years, let's let's use this for a fact that every suspect, every shooter has shown traits that at one point or another have been noticed by other students, staff, teachers, parents. And the problem we have here is the failure to act. That is our biggest problem when it comes to gun violence in schools, the failure to act the second being how to respond. So let's take let's just for instance, let's pick out the Virginia Tech case, okay? The shooter had posted several pictures of himself with guns, hammers, all type of weapons. People had had seen the Seen the media. They knew the pictures existed. He wasn't removed from the campus. Why? Why? And I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, in a situation like this, I am not a big freaking fan of these these people, <clears throat> psychologists at the schools or these these doctors at the school. Oh, HIPAA law, <clears throat> Let me give you a... I'm going to give you a heads up. The HIPAA law is when you give us information concerning a person's diagnosis or medication. When a person possesses a possible threat, the possible threat has nothing to do with medication. It has nothing to do with medical treatment. The fact is, they possess a physical threat or a possible threat. And honestly, I hate when these people hide behind that bullshit. Oh, we have medical HIPAA laws, HIPAA laws. You know what? That has caused several of these shootings that could have been prevented. People knowing or seeing these students acting or behaving differently to a point where other students are concerned, staff are concerned, parents are concerned, nobody wants to say anything. These students, shooters, put out manifestos. Who they want to shoot, why they want to shoot them. And in most cases, unfortunately, it falls on silent ears. Columbine had a manifesto, okay, Virginia Tech, he knew what was coming, Sandy Hook, an irresponsible parent allowing somebody with a mental health issue, access to firearms and ammunition, could have been prevented. So, you know, it kind of it kind of upsets me because you know, I like I said, every time I open up a a web page, you know, everybody and their brother has these solutions, how they're gonna stop school shootings. Well, Quite honestly, you're not. You're not going to stop them. Your, your metal detectors, <clears throat> your cameras, those are there, the cameras are there for recording of an event. It's not going to stop a, an event unless somebody is fortunate enough to see something going on before an event occurs. Metal detectors. So what? They make it through a metal detector. You don't think guns get passed through the windows, open doors, hidden outside in bushes, in the rock walls? I mean, really, you you can't be that far off a track. You know, another problem that we have is overexposure. Attract tragic events like school shootings, and people <clears throat> will say to me, "Well, we got to put the word out. Listen, you are giving an unstable individual sitting home, maybe he's 40, 50, in his mother's house, in his T-shirt, waiting to do a one-up, and by repetitively going over the same." stuff continuously, you are giving these people, younger people, ideas. You know, I get it, the word has to get out there. I understand that. However, it has to be done in a more professional and diligent manner, okay? You know, I gotta, I have to kind of think of the mentality of people, you know, uh, we have a mass shooting, everybody wants to sue the gun company that made the gun, is that really going to solve the problem, hell we have how many DWIs, fatal crashes a year, why don't we tell Honda, Honda, Toyota, they can't make cars anymore, okay, or why don't we sue them for making cars that were involved in DWI fatalities, You see, what people get up on the pedestal and preach about are not the things that are going to stop school shootings, critical incidences, anywhere. Schools, churches, businesses. That's not what stops them. False sense of securities like metal detectors, cameras, card keys. Not going to work. People have figured out ways to bypass that. So, the mentality here has to be, when we see a person or are made aware of a situation where a person, student, person, adult, whatever, is acting in a suspicious manner, we need to address that, or at least let somebody in an official capacity know about it, okay? You know... This is the problem. You know the mentality is not let's just let's just let's just go over this scenario once, okay? You had a manifesto put out in nineteen ninety nine, basically saying what was gonna happen at the high school. Columbine. Okay. People knew about the manifesto. But unfortunately, due to the sequence of events, Columbine occurred. Was it preventable? Sure it was. Virginia Tech, sure it was. Sandy Hook, sure it was. But you need to go at the core root of the problem, okay? And I and I and, and I know people are rolling around on the ground right now, which I really don't care about. The issue is not the firearms, okay? Get that through your head. Firearms have been around for since, since the, the first Europeans came over to this North America, okay? The problem is not the firearms. Yeah, are they using a crime? Yes, they are. However, you're looking at taking off the tip of the iceberg... And thinking when the Titanic hits the rest of the iceberg, it's not going to sink. It's just its just like the court here in the United States. Their mentality is, they look at the person on the stand and say, well, we're going to charge you with these crimes. The crime is an end result of something that has occurred over time. We find it as a society very easy to... Deem people all oh, they're bad people, they're criminals, they're this, they're that. However, how often do we as people sit down and actually look at why people act the way they do? How do we explain in the United States that a large majority of our students have mental health or behavioral Behavioral issues that <clears throat> one—they're not—they're not addressed. They're not treated. They're not addressed. In, in a lot of cases, the, these kids don't have uh, medical insurance. or families don't have medical insurance. So, and you have to realize that the person that's going to commit a, sh- uh, a, a school shooting, create a—you know—church shooting, business shooting is not processing and thinking things normally. You know, with juveniles, you know, you run into a multifaceted problem because not only are they not thinking stably, but as they go through puberty, chemically their bodies change, their mood swings change, so you're you're dealing with a multi-component problem. You know, it's nice to blame everything on firearms and this and that and all that stuff. But the fact is, the issues and problems origin is way before any type of weapon is even involved. You know, and and I know I've spent eight years... In law enforcement in a school district with, at that time, 38 schools, 23,000 students in a large inner city, and just walking through the schools, I can pick out certain students that probably need or have mental health issues. Just like as you walk down the street, people you see hanging around on the street that are homeless, standing on the corners. There's mental health issues going on here. But yet we as a country refuse to put more social workers or psychologists in the schools. But we worry about critical incidents in the schools. We worry about putting security... Police in the schools, but you worry about student safety. So, everything as I, as a parent, am here, I'm hearing you say one thing what your concerns are, and your actions are in opposition. You're well aware that kids are, there's a lot of kids that are having behavioral issues and need either th- therapy, psychologists, social workers, whatever have you, but yet you, those are the first ones you pull out of the school. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. It's it's a very, very dangerous cocktail that we make. You know, like I said, if you start doing some research, school shootings have been around, and critical incidents at schools, have been around since the beginning of the century. So don't think it's anything new. The only difference is we have mass media Putting their two cents in. People that have no clue what they're talking about putting their two cents in. People with no experience in child development or behavior putting their two cents in. People that aren't psychologists or sociologists or law enforcement putting their two cents in. And you expect. You expect the, the juvenile and the adolescent students to understand conflicting stories. You fail to provide them with the medical or psychological treatment that they need. but well, that seems to be okay as long as you're blaming it on the gun. You see where I'm going with this? So, with that being said, you know, sometimes you really have to look at the core of a problem. You know, people are very good at looking at, um, people are very good at looking at the things that they want to hear. Okay, so now that I've saturated your mind for about 18 minutes and 10 seconds of thinking about school shootings in a little different perspective, um, maybe it's something to consider. You know, and I, as I had mentioned in the first... Um, first episode of uh, school shootings, uh, part one, the second defense you have is in the event that a school shooting occurs, your students at home or your children at home need to watch some of these videos that are put out online of what to do, what not to do. Um, so that when something happens they don't have to guess what to do they've already seen it they've heard people talk about it they they know what to do so they automatically respond differently you know instead of just sitting there they know this, this is going on they know what they have to do and they do it and the likelihood of them surviving critical incident in a school, is a mu- you have a much better chance if you're mentally and psychologically prepared to deal with, with what you might have to deal with. <clears throat> and on that note, like I always say, if you're in a dark alley, dark parking lot, dark path in the woods, or dark street, first question I have to ask is, what, what are you doing there? The second one is when you hear the footprints coming, footsteps coming up behind you. What are you going to do about those? Until our next episode, I will see you later. This is Michael C. Bouchard, the host of Night Stalker Podcast. This is podcast number 37, School Shootings Part 2. And uh, pass the information along.